Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom Fertile. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Good morning, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today? Yeah, I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for your love and your goodness. Thank you for the gift of Reflections from the Heart. This is your show, Lord. Thank you for the invitation for all of us to be involved in it here, for all of our listeners to be involved and part of the family, wherever they're listening. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the gift that this show is. And we just uh, invite you. We invite you, please, dear God, to send the Holy Spirit upon us here, upon everyone listening in their cars, in their offices, in their homes, in their schools, wherever they are, Lord. Please send the gift of the Holy Spirit everywhere. Fill us with your love, your peace, your kindness, your goodness. Fill us with your wisdom and understanding. Holy Spirit, fill us with docility to be able to to learn, to be teachable, moldable, so that we can learn from you how we can be a better husband, a better wife, a better father, better mother, better brother, sister, friend, in every aspect of life, Lord. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And uh, Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love this morning? Certainly. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to carry and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation rabbi. As for you, do not be called rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers." Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Do we practice what we preach, right? And this, is, uh, this, is, this is tough, especially... Uh, with little eyes around you, you know, for those of us who have grandkids or kids that are that are young and and uh, just always looking, always watching, is our example one that we would want them to follow. Uh, so this is, whew, this is this is a tough one. So Lord, please help us, and especially if, if we're in leadership roles in our families or in any aspect of life that uh, that we just pray up that we would come to you. 
spend our time with you, that you fill us up, and that it is you leading our families, our businesses, our ministries, our schools, anything that we're involved in, that is you leading through us. Uh, this is a, this is a challenge. Yeah, and, you know, we continue the you know the last couple of weeks have been kind of showing. Um, Maybe not the tension, but the challenge of, you know, living or practicing our faith and, and going through, you know, the what we should do, should not do, and, and making sure that we're going to Mass and praying, et cetera, versus the living our faith. In other words, putting our faith into practice through the helping of others. Because mm-hmm. it's very easy. And again, Jesus is in the last couple of weeks just calling calling out, you know, these hypocrites, you know, the various people who, you know, go through the motions and put on the appearances, but what are they really doing? And I think that's it's a great reminder that we practice our faith and we adhere to you know the laws. We adhere to the things as Christ says. But our example is in love. We act in love. We help in love. We pray for others in love. We actually do things mm-hmm. for the benefit of others, not just going through those motions. And you know, I think it's interesting because our our yes to the Lord is a call to action. Mm-hmm. It's a call to love. The scriptures tell us that true religion is caring for the orphans and widows. It's not saying, hey, you guys should pray. Hey, here's a Bible. Hey, you should go to church. See, that's pharisaical. You know, you should do this and you should do that and you should do this. No, go and invite them. Go and care for them. Go and show them Christ's love. You know, Christ went to those in need. So for me, that that, that statement Jesus put out there is true religion is caring for the widows and the orphans. That call to action is is every day. You know, it's interesting, every day, the salutations that I give when I go and I pay for my gas or pay for something in a convenience store, pay for something in a grocery store or in a restaurant is, you know, may God bless you. You know, have a great day. May God bless you. And people, every time I do that, it plants a seed. Sometimes I'll get an affirmative and a blessing back. Other times I'll just get a you know, an unusual, whoa, <laughs> where did that come from? But it's okay because we're called to be seed planters. Keep blessing people. So don't forget to do that, to bless others. And, and I think that's so important and not miss those opportunities to be those lights in the world. Don't hide it under a bushel basket. We had an opportunity to, uh, to, to walk a walk that was, that was tough. Our, our daughter, our fourth child, Mary, was born and uh, right away, started having seizures and she wouldn't breathe, and it was just um, it was just really really hard. So we ended up in a couple of different well known hospitals. And we actually had a baptizer in the hospital because we didn't know if she was going to live or die. We had a, her little crib was a shrine. We had all these holy cards and prayer cards and all this. Stuff. No one, no not one doctor, nurse, no one ever mentioned anything mm. related to that. It was just all business, you know, and. Um, and it wasn't until this day, um, t- how old is she, 10, 10 years ago, when a, a doctor came in and she goes, you know what, in times like this, you need to lean on your faith. And she totally opened the door and we were talking and, and I remember going to mass one, one morning and I, I came into the, to the room and told her I was at mass and it was, it was this gospel. And without me even saying anything, where I was just thanking her for her openness and, and her, you know, just realizing what we're going through. And she goes, yeah, a lot of people around here think they're, you know, the best, it's, you know, very prominent hospitals. They think they're the best of the best. And she goes, you know, those who exalt themselves will be humble. So she actually quoted, <laughs> quoted right, this scripture right, right. that I had just heard at the mass. And, uh, you know, probably maybe she was reading the, da- the daily reading as well. Um, but it was beautiful that she was totally open. And then from that point on, when we met her, and she had actually been to Medjugorje, 
we didn't know her. And a friend of mine was there as well. And he knew about our daughter, Mary, and he was praying for her. He didn't tell me he was praying for her. She was there the same exact time. So he was praying for my daughter, Mary. She leaves. The first patient that she sees is Mary. Wow. And from that moment on, she started getting better to the point where she was discharged. And this doctor said, there's no medical reason why we should be discharging her. This is, this is totally God's work. Right. Wow. So she was, you know, humble enough to know that she's just an instrument, that it's all God and, and whether it's God's decision, like with Mary to, to heal her or, you know, through the work of the doctor, through the work of the medicine, it's all, it's all God. Yeah. And that's so important for us to never forget that it's Jesus Christ that does everything in us, with us, and through us. And that's where we're not to take credit for anything but give all honor, glory, and praise to God for everything. That's the great adventure of our lives. That's the life in abundance. That's the awe and wonder that we're supposed to experience every day, how God chooses to use us, his precious sons, his precious daughters, in our broken humanity to bring life, love, and miracles into this world. You know, and I go to the statement that always jumps out at me, call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. And you know, as Catholics, we've had this used against us. Say, aha, see that? You Catholics call your priest fathers directly against what scripture commands you not to do. And you see, that's being pharisaical and that's being a scribe who think they know the word, but truly don't know the word in their heart. Because when you break open Scripture and you keep diving deep, you come to understand in the letter of the Galatians, St. Paul of the Galatians, he says, I am a father in Christ. And Rob, what you so graciously pointed out to us is it says, call no one on earth your father, because we are all have one common father, God the Father, we're entrusted to our earthly fathers who are called to be examples of the heart of the one Father, God the Father. So St. Paul, when he says that in the the letter of the Galatians, he's challenging each of every one of us. We're called to be those father figures to our children, but also spiritual father figures. And that's why we call our priests fathers, because they are spiritual fathers. They have families. Their parishes are their families. That's their sons and daughters entrusted to them to be the spiritual fathers that God has anointed and chosen them to be. And so they must continually, continually stay in the Word of God, being fed by the Word of God, not becoming Pharisees and scribes, knowing all the do's and don'ts, but having that heart of mercy, that heart of compassion, that heart of the good Samaritan who does lift the finger to help those in the parish, to help those in the community who need that help, who need to break free from addictions. You know, it's not just, oh, you shouldn't be drinking. Oh, you shouldn't be looking at pornography. Oh, you shouldn't be. Stop. Stop. What are we doing to help them? What are we doing? You know, David, so true. Uh, you know, you, you said about being our spiritual fathers. What, what do fathers do, you know, with our children? You know, when the kids are real little, we might just say, don't do that. Why? Well, because I said so. <laughs> but as time goes on, you know, we, we coach, we guide, 
we counsel, we explain, we support. That's what fathers do. You know, and later on in Scripture, again, Paul writes about, you know, what good is it to see someone who's hungry and say, hey, have a good day, God loves you. Mm. You know, of course, you should give him a sandwich, you know, help, help someone who's, you know, homeless or poor. We get that. But what you're saying, David, spiritually, it's the same way. It's not enough just to proclaim, proclaim the law and say, say to people, oh, you're not, you're not following the commandments, you're not following church teaching. That goes nowhere. Our role as brothers and sisters in Christ, as spiritual fathers, is to get into the trenches with people. And it's okay to say and to explain truth with charity. This is the teaching. This is, you know, this is uh, how we should be living our lives, but to actually help people with it. And in this day and age, you know, one of some of the beautiful work with stewardship, with all the resources we have, and books and videos, there's ways to help people understand that difficult teaching. You know, you can say to your blue and fat, well, contraception, con-, but if you're not helping to educate people and find those answers and help them understand an understanding of the mind and an understanding of the heart, the beauty of these teachings, we're missing the boat. And that's what Christ is calling out here. You know, they're, they're laying these teachings on people, they're laying these rules on them, but they're not helping them. You know, in the same way we help someone who's physically poor, um, we help someone who's emotionally poor, spiritually poor, by getting down with them and helping to meet their needs. That's what we're called to do in that role of spiritual fathers. Absolutely. And when you, we look at this, there's this interesting line that says, you know, that we're called by Jesus as he's teaching to be obedient to those who sit on the chair of Moses. Where does that come from? It's not found in the Old Testament. So where does it come from? Well, it's an example for each and every one of us because the chair of Moses was the seat of authority that the priest, the high priest, the scribes, the, the Pharisees, when they taught from the word of God, we're called to be obedient to that word. But then we're also called to meld that word with the love of God, the mercy of God, the compassion of God. So that chair of Peter or chair of Moses, now for us as Catholics, we understand that that the Pope, who's the vicar of Christ, the bishop of Rome, sits on the chair of Peter, the first Pope, the first father figure. Pope meaning papa, meaning father is a father in Christ, just as the Apostle Paul. St. Paul was a father in Christ, showing the fatherhood. He's entrusted with the keys, the keys of the kingdom of God, as the vicar of Christ. So what he teaches, no contraception, no abortion, you know, same, you know, same-sex marriage is not a marriage. It's not, because it's not fruitful. Two men and two women can't be fruitful. They can love each other. Absolutely. They can live together. Not a problem. But it's not a marriage. So for me, that's okay to teach that, okay, Holy Mother Church, the Pope, the priests, the laity, the teachers. Now, let's break open that beautiful truth to understand why it's for our good. And that's where we go deep into scriptures, you know, to find out what does that mean? What does that look like? Now, let us, the church, the bishop, the priests, the the deacons, the laity, give the tools to those who are battling, are struggling, are, you know, are need our help, not just point figures, wag figures, condemn and judge. So very important. The Lord is really tugging on my heart as you guys are sharing is uh, is the ministry of the moment the present moment, that just the, the ministry of our presence, right? So whether it's through any outreach that our Lord is asking us to do through stewardship, but just everything is ministry. Everything is an opportunity to be present in the present moment because that's when our light can shine, that God's light can shine through us in the, in the example. And uh, just two quick um, just God moments where God protected me, I think, 
from knowing certain situations. And then it wasn't until after that he revealed them. So one was a woman that was volunteering at a, a Catholic nursing home. We were doing gospel reflection there and I would go and a family would go and we would just have such, such a great time with the residents. And she was there volunteering and she just kind of got sucked into, you know, just drawn into what we were doing. It was beautiful. And it wasn't until like two years later that I've known this woman for two years and I assumed she was plugged in, right? She's volunteering at a Catholic nursing home, right? So she's, she's, she's in, right? And then she pulled me aside and she goes, I just need to let you know that I'm going back to Mass now. I've been away for years and I'm, I'm going back. Just seeing you and your family and the joy you have in your faith. I was like, what? So if I knew that this woman wasn't going to Mass and I had every week with her, I mean, I'd be trying to, <laughs> I'd be trying to close the deal, right? Mm, yes. So our Lord protected her and, and, and me from that and just decided that, you know, to use the example as his way of touching her it wasn't anything for me. It was him. It was all him, you know, working through me. And then just as recently as last week, there's a, a, a girl at a school that we go to. Again, God protected me from knowing the, the circumstance. She's a junior. So I saw her before school. She said, hello. And we, we see thousands of kids. So we know them by face, but we don't get to know them by name. But we're just there. We're, we're, we're ministry of presence. We pray with them. We hang out. It's, uh, it's, it's really awesome that we can do this. And she said, hi, and look forward to seeing your first period. So first period's there. There's 50, 60 kids in the chapel, and she's there. And she's looking, and she, you can just tell when someone's tracking with you. And afterwards, she stopped and said, I just need to let you know my name. You know, I know, you know, we know each other. And she introduced herself by name. And uh, she said, I finally said yes to God. So here, she's a junior. She goes, I didn't believe in Jesus at all, my freshman year, my sophomore year. But I just needed to thank you. Uh, even when I didn't believe in Jesus, you came, and I just felt that there was a love there, that you, had, you, know, that you really genuinely loved us and that you really believed what you were talking about. And uh, I just wanted to thank you for for that and she went on for 45 minutes and it was God's gift that that next period was was a session that we didn't have class and she stayed for 45 minutes and just shared her life shared her story shared her yes I was asking her questions and it was beautiful but if I knew that this girl didn't believe in Jesus I would have been you know so it's just ministry of the pre a present moment ministry just being there for people loving and listening and just letting God shine through the example of of our lives. Um, so thank you, Lord, and just uh, Lord, you know who I'm talking about. So just uh, keep uh, keep both of these women close to your heart. And I want to go back again to that line: "Call no one on earth your father. You have but one Father in heaven." There's a primacy in that statement. All men and women are children of God. All men and women are children of the one Father in heaven who created all humanity, who created all the souls that were knitted to the to our bodies within our mother's womb. And so that primacy of understanding that God is our true Father. He is our true Father. And we're given earthly fathers that are called to be examples of that. And to the extent that they're not, pray for them. Mm -hmm. To the extent that they're not, forgive them. Okay? Because we always go, because if our Father says, you know, okay, son, it's okay to go do this. But we always check with God the Father because his word is the word of truth. It is the way, the truth, and the life. It is Jesus Christ incarnate, you know, in Jesus Christ. So for me, if our Father gives us a bad example, if he smokes, if he drinks, if he runs around, if he does, whatever he does, have mercy on him. Pray for him. But don't follow his example. That's what they're telling us here also. Don't follow his example. He was given that gift, but he's falling short of it. Go to the God the Father. Go to the word of God. That is the word of truth. 
and live your life that way. But don't condemn your father. Pray for him. And to anybody who's been wounded by the father, and many of us have, many of us have father wounds, forgive him. At the end of the day, he's God the father's son. You know, and with our with our earthly sons and our earthly daughters, a lot of times a father figure, I want to protect them. I'll, I want to hold on to them. I don't want them to get hurt. But also, God the Father says, you know, to the ones he loves, he chastises. And sometimes as an earthly father, one of the most difficult things in the world we have to do is let go and let God and perhaps our sons or our daughters need to go through that experience of chastisement. Why? To come back. I go to the story of the of the prodigal son, you know. This son, the father gives him the inheritance and he goes out into the world. What doesn't the father do? Chase after him. What doesn't the father do? Run out there and say, hey, come on back. Hey, let me protect you from this. Hey, let me protect you from that. Now the father waits with a heart that aches, crying out within him for his son to come back. But it's only until the son has exhausted all those wanting desires to get his love from the world, to get his desires from the world. When he realizes, he the swill of pigs isn't even good enough, he's going to go back to his father. And what does he come back? With a repentant heart. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. He's asking for forgiveness. He's acknowledging it. And what does the father do? Man, he runs out, puts his robe around him, puts the ring on his finger, invites him into the banquet. That's our calling as we emulate the example of God the Father, we pray every day. We wait for that wayward son or daughter to come back to us, to come back to us. And it's difficult. As a father figure, it's difficult because we want to fix it. But then we become enablers. And, and, and then it's not a true rela- it's not a true relationship either. I would love to be able to take free will away from my five kids yeah. from from you know from thirteen to twenty five. You know, Lord, they said yes. They said, we, you know, then it wouldn't be authentic, right? Yeah. That we need to, by our example, show that we have an authentic relationship with God. Yeah. That we're not just talking about it. That they see us praying. They see us asking God. They they see us saying we're sorry. They see us. You know, admitting that we're, you know, knuckleheads and, and we need God for everything, um, which hopefully will, you know, be seeds that will lead to their yes. And then when they give their yes, then it's beautiful. Like this girl I'm talking about, she said that she invited her dad back to Mass. Wow. So she's going back to Mass and she just said, oh, last, last Sunday I invited my dad to go back to Mass and then he went. Sometimes we think of, you know, ages and, okay, so our our parents need to be the ones taking us or... And we're all sons and daughters of God, right? God has no grandchildren, so we're all brothers and sisters. So if God, through his mercy and grace and, and through our openness or whatever, if we if we say our yes, and there's people younger in our family, older in our family, it doesn't matter. We're all brothers and sisters. And God may choose to use you to get your dad or your mom or your grandfather or grandmother back, right? Not that we need to beat them over the head with the Bible, just be Jesus to them. And then when they see or ask, and you say, oh, yeah, you know, I've been hanging out with Jesus. It's been awesome. Why, you know, would you like to join me one day? But it's, it's beautiful, like how God yeah. uses everyone. He wants all his kids home. He wants yeah. every one of his kids home. So be open, no matter how old, young you are, be open to our Lord. And, and the key is God is our Father. Jesus, when he taught us how to pray, said, our Father. So I'm going to challenge each and every one of our listeners as 
precious sons and precious daughters of God the Father, pray and ask to grow in divine intimacy with the Father as his precious son, as his precious daughter. God moment for me yesterday, I went fishing with my son. It's ache in my heart. He's 31 years old. He wanted to go fishing with dad. And I invited another father who brought his son. And I invited another father, and I brought his, and he brought his son. So he had three fathers, three sons. But here's something else different. I said to God, the Father, Father, I want to grow in divine intimacy with you, my father, as your son. And Father, I want you to go fishing with us. I also invited Mother Mary along too. <laughs> but I did. But I invited the Father to go fishing with us because that was God the Father with all his boys on that fishing boat. And we had one of the most phenomenal days of striper fishing on the Chesapeake Bay I could ever imagine. We probably caught over 100 stripers, catch and release. It was awesome. And you know what? God the Father was beaming because he was on that boat too with his precious sons. And yet, we were there with our sons that he's entrusted us with. What a time of beauty. That's divine intimacy. That's the relationship God the Father wants with each and every one of us. Yeah, we, I think, you know, Dave, we, we invite God um, a lot we, as a cosmic butler, you know, when we pull him off the shelf, you know, uh, Grammy's sick, God, I need your help, you know, uh, can't pay the bill next month, God, I need your help, or our, and our kids are big on that, you know, I need, I need to get an A on the history test, God, help me out there, and we involve him, you know, when we need something, um, or when there's times of trouble, and not for the journey, you know, like like you said, inviting for the fishing trip. Just God, be a part of all my life. You know, I always tell kids, it's not just, you know, God, help me get into my dream college. How about God, help me discern which college you want me to go you to. You want me to go that, to. <laughs> we, and we forget that part. And we we go to God to get the result that we want as opposed to along the journey. And again, it's not just business. Every every day of our life. And what a beautiful example to those sons, you know, to, 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 to for them to know that, you know what, God's with us here today. This is, we're all in this together, you know, and that that daily talking about our faith at home with our children is so important because like you said, Rob, to start things off, they see right through it. You know, you send the kid to Sunday school and you pick them up and you skip mass as a family, save your money, save your time. Why are you going to Sunday school? Those examples are the important thing that we live our faith and we talk about our faith and our kids see us in that loving relationship with our father. That's the best example. And ladies and gentlemen, let's take this to heart. God is our father. He created us for two reasons. His first and foremost reason was for his delight. He delights in us as his precious son, his precious daughter. The second reason he created us was to bring his son into the world again, in and through our uniqueness, in and through our yes, so that Jesus Christ can live in us, with us, and through us in all things every day of our lives. That's the great adventure. Get set free, get in relationship, and pray for that divine intimacy. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org. 
and click on Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.